every time you do a trailer read, you have to be like, nope, this is how it's supposed to sound. This is what it is. If you don't like it, screw you, but this is what it is. <laughs> Getting feedback from someone, choosing not to take it personally, is actually very freeing. Mm -hmm. And I find for me that I do the worst when I'm trying to give somebody what they want. It's like the modern version of the, the two people inside of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing, we want different voices, we want different races, we want more female voices. I think it's a beautiful thing and I'm actually just super excited to be part of the world of voiceover today. And there is something about the strength in numbers that has been really emboldening. We lie on the floor flopping around like a, like a fish for 45 minutes. We work in isolation booths. So if we, want, if we don't want to be isolated, we should leave those booths. Never think, uh, I hope he asks me to be, I hope he pitches me to whoever they really, like if you think that way, then they're mm -hmm. not really your friends or peers and you're just trying to use yeah. people. Yeah. She pilots my meat suit. I've only heard really bad things about Jamie. Right. Well, yeah, that know, makes sense. That makes sense. You gotta watch the bridge, though. <laughs> Instead of trying to figure out how to get into it, I just brought a bunch of people together that none of us knew the industry. Stop wiping expectations on any audition. It's never give up and be the most persistent person in the room. It's always those that are the last ones standing. You're going to get a lot more no's than you get yeses, and I, that's true for me today. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Now, today is the second in a two-part series about how to find work in voiceover, and the last episode we covered a whole range of genres, and today we're going to be covering a few more. J. Michael Collins is going to be explaining how to find work in e-learning, corporate narration and explainers, and Sean Pratt is going to be talking about audiobooks. Now this episode is going to be the last episode for a little bit because I have a couple of things coming up over the summer. We have the next run of In the Envelope episodes coming out and we're recording those interviews right now. So uh, these are interviews with Emmy nominees who have been announced and pretty good interviews, I have to say. Uh, I know I'm biased. <laughs> but yeah, check that out uh, In the Envelope, which is on all of the usual podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, everywhere. And also the Vocation Conference, which is coming up mid-September, September 13th to 15th. Uh, if you haven't got tickets yet, uh, we have a few left, I think, and uh, you can find those at vocationconference.com. Now, the vast majority of what we do in this industry day-to-day -day is kind of business-related, more so than voicing for the most part, and that's what this conference is all about. So learning the the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts of how to operate your business and how to become successful in this industry. You know, the marketing and branding and websites and working with agents and managers and casting directors with their, what they are looking for. The production side, the tech side, I'm going to be covering a class on that. The business actual legal side as well. So a whole ton of stuff within that area of this industry. Okay, so we're going to have a quick ad and then I'm going to introduce you to our first guest. As a voice actor in 2019, you're more than just an actor. You are a business. The first ever conference for the business of voiceover is coming to New York City, September 13th through 15th. Amazing speakers, panels, and classes all in the greatest city in the world. Vocation NYC. Ticket sales start April 1st. Be one of the first 100 to register and get a special early bird conference rate. For more information, visit vocationconference.com. Vocation NYC. Take your VO business to the next level. The National Zoo. Because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. 
Instagram. Download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today. Resolve spot and stain. Because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet. He just is. Engage the droid army with this Lego Star Wars Republic fighter tank. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins. And these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. So you're very familiar with JMC. He's ubiquitous online and in the industry in general. He is going to be talking to us about e-learning, corporate narration, and also explainer videos. And he does a lot of this work. He trains a lot of people who want to get into this line of work. So he's hugely experienced. And I'll let him explain more. So here's JMC talking about e-learning, corporate narration, and explainers. Hi, everybody. It's J. Michael Collins, and I'm here today at Jamie Muffet's request to talk to you about booking work in corporate narration and in e-learning. And we'll kind of throw explainer into corporate as well as they kind of dovetail a little bit. So let's talk about how we go about finding work and how I go about finding work in those two particular genres. And I'll start with corporate narration because corporate narration is probably the closest to the way we find work in more, some of the more traditional broadcast genres of VO like commercial and uh, imaging and other things like that. Um, in that there are a lot of different places where you can find it. So just like with traditional uh, commercial voiceover, corporate narration can be found through talent agencies. I, I can't think of really any of the talent agents that I have that don't from time to time send me corporate and industrial narration work. In fact, um, recently we had uh, Heather Dame from Atlas Talent at uh, our retreat in Barcelona at the EuroVO retreat back uh, this past May. And I was kind of surprised to learn that, that they handle quite a bit of corporate narration uh, out there at Atlas in Los Angeles, um, which isn't what you would immediately think of for a big agency like that. So, um, you know, even the bigger agents are handling corporate and industrial narration because they know that there's money to be made there. Uh, at the end of the day, they you know, your average corporate job is paying maybe anywhere from three or four hundred all the way up to eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars for three, four or five minutes of uh, narration that's non-broadcast. It's never going to play on the air anywhere. Um, and you can potentially license it for uh, the possibility of residuals as well. Usually a one year license is pretty common for corporate narration. So talent agents are on top of it because they know that that work, uh, even though you, you're not going to get rich off of one job, um, it does pay, especially in volume. Uh, so don't neglect your agency agency relationships when it comes to corporate narration. I always tell people a good corporate narration demo um, is something that talent agents are interested in. It might not seem like something that would occur to you immediately to say, hey, talent agents want to hear my corporate demo, but they do because they actually go out and book that work. Also, much like commercial, if you are marketing yourself to production companies and ad agencies, they do handle a fair amount of corporate narration work as well. Um, just like with commercial, I tend to find that production companies are more likely to be hiring directly than ad agencies are. Ad agencies still, in many cases, tend to go through talent agents or casting directors or the old brick-and-mortar world of VO to find their talent, or they may be using online sites, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but uh, ultimately, um, production companies companies first, talent agency second, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, ad agency second, still good places to uh, to look for corporate narration work, especially the production companies, because they do handle quite a bit. So make sure that, you know, you're marketing your corporate narration demo to production companies as well. Um, 
and to ad agencies uh, as time permits. And of course, remember, you can always outsource your direct marketing as well uh, if you find people who are competent to do that for not a whole lot of money. Uh, it's a lot of opportunity costs spending time doing your own marketing. So if you can get somebody competent to do it for you, um, that might give you an advantage over the field. So we've got talent agents, we've got production companies and ad agencies, kind of the traditional uh, gatekeepers of voiceover work in many cases. Um, and then we always, you know, have to talk about online casting sites or pay to play these days because they are uh, a large part of the marketplace. And interestingly, it is through online casting sites um, where you will find quite a lot of corporate narration work. In fact, I would go so far as to say it makes up maybe 60% or more of the jobs that you see on online sites. They are corporate narration jobs. So um, the more of that work uh, that you can find, you know, again, you, you build relationships with corporate narration. Um, they're Corporate narration clients are great, again, because you're not going to get rich off of one, but what they do is they come back over and over and over again. It's very easy to start building repeat relationships with corporate narration clients. It's not uncommon to have a client who's going to hire you two, three, four times a month. And so if you've got, you know, a handful of clients, even a dozen clients who are paying you four, two, three, four jobs a month at corporate narration rates, you're now starting to earn pretty, pretty decent amount of money uh, just off of corporate narration, and it can just continue to grow from there. So don't just miss the online casting sites. Use the ones that, you know, are trying to work with the talent interests at heart. Um, we like the ones that are just matchmakers, those that take a commission. We like the ones that are transparent and tell you exactly what they're doing and you don't have to guess or worry that they're telling the client something different. Uh, but uh, do your research. Figure out the, the sites that you can trust and those that you might need to be a little bit more careful with. Um, but don't neglect them because there is quite a lot of corporate narration work online and quite a lot of corporate narration work that pays very fair market rates. So keep an eye on the online casting sites. Uh, and then of course your own marketing, um, you know, direct marketing to corporate narration clients. And then here we're talking about just any company you can think of in many cases, uh, is going to have some kind of need for corporate narration. Me personally, when I market to corporate narration or when I market for corporate narration directly, um, I tend to avoid your Fortune 50, Fortune 100 type of companies. They typically have relationships with ad agencies and other creatives, um, and they have their own pipeline for finding voices. So Coca-Cola is probably not, at least Coca-Cola headquarters, is probably not going to be super receptive to a voice talent calling them, uh, cold calling them or cold emailing them trying to get hired for corporate narration. I also tend to avoid mom and pops because mom and pops tend not to have the budget uh, to pay fair market voiceover rates. So what I like to look at are mid-sized companies, companies that have maybe 50 to 500 employees. Um, and uh, what I'll do is I'll go on their websites, I'll look at the videos that they've got posted. Um, and if they have no narration or if they have somebody from HR doing the narration or somebody from Fiverr doing the not so great narration, that's my opportunity to then contact them and say, hey, look, you know, you've got great content doing what I do for a living. I believe that if you add professional voice, you're going to see an increase in ROI and uh, an increase in conversions. Here's my demo. Let me know if you'd like to talk. And, and the pitch can really be that simple. You just want to get to the point of saying, you know, here's my demo. Take a listen. We, can I send you my demo? Or here it is. And, uh, and if they hear you, you've got a great corporate narration demo, you've got a chance to get in the door. I will tell you that if I find a medium-sized company and they've already got amazing narration on their site, I usually won't market to them because that tells me that they already have a pipeline. They already have a source for narration. Um, and I'm probably going to be told what that source is and, you know, go to that agent, go to that production company, go to that 
that pay to play. Uh, and, uh, and that's what they're going to tell you now. Not always, but those tend to be lower, um, just lower likelihood of positive outcome prospects for me. So, uh, so I'll focus on the ones that don't have great narration up on their videos, but might have very nice videos to begin with. Um, your SEO. Uh, I can't talk about this enough, and I'm not going to stop talking about it. One of the big trends in the voiceover industry right now is uh, the movement towards completely cutting out the middleman. Not just you know the the, the last ten years you've seen online casting cut out the the old middlemen. Um, now people are cutting out the online casting middleman too and hiring directly from talent websites. It's happening more and more often. Um, this younger generation of buyers does not want anyone in the middle of the transaction, uh, and even major companies. Now, even for broadcast work, I'm starting to see major companies do everything in a house. No production company, no ad agency, no agent, no no nobody, <laughs> just them and the talent. Um, so your website needs to be well SEO. That doesn't necessarily mean paid SEO. You're not necessarily going to compete with the big, uh, you know, the online sites and um, you know and the other aggregators out there for AdWords. But where you can compete is on organic search and uh, hire a professional. Work with somebody that you trust. Um, I personally love the folks at voiceactorwebsites.com, uh, Joe and Karen, but find, find the person who works for you, find a professional, get your site SEO'd well, because if you're showing up page one on Google, um, even page two on Google, but if you're showing up page one on Google, you're going to get walk-in business and it's going to happen frequently and they're going to be good jobs. Um, good. So let's talk about um, e-learning a little bit. And by the way, for what I said with corporate, explainer videos kind of fall into that too because they are a subgenre of corporate and you can, you can basically use all of the same methods there. Explainers share one thing with e-learning, which is interesting. And when I talk about e-learning, uh, finding e-learning work, I break it down usually into, um, into two different boxes when it comes to marketing. Because the thing about e-learning is, most talent agents don't handle it. A few do, but most talent agents don't. Um, it's not something that really goes through production companies and ad agencies. So e-learning is much more of a DIY business. You can find a lot of e-learning through online casting sites, uh, and you can find a lot of market rate e-learning through online casting sites. You can find good work uh, through the online sites with e-learning. So again, same advice there as with corporate. Use the ones that we can trust. Um, but uh, e-learning is, is largely a DIY part of this business, and you do your own marketing, and you find your own clients. So what I do is I break it down into two boxes when it comes to marketing. Um, first of all, you've got content creators. You've got e-learning development companies. Um, you've got e-learning course designers that they specialize in working with third parties, with corporations, with institutions, with academia um, in order to create courses. And that's what they do all day. And they're great to work with because usually when you get scripts from them, they're formatted uh, with the voice actor in mind. And they actually look like something that you want to read and it's not too difficult to get through the material. So they're great folks to work with. But when you're marketing to them, you're marketing to them the same way you do basically to a production company or an ad agency, which is you're marketing to get on their roster. You're marketing to, uh, to you're sending them your demo um, and you're trying to get on onto their roster so that you can receive auditions. Uh, and in some cases they hire you directly, but in many cases they'll send you an audition for a job uh, and you'll have the opportunity to book the same way you will if you're on any other roster. And there are explainer companies that do the same thing. So the more of those rosters you can get on, the better off you're going to be because you're going to start to get hot leads into your inbox on a daily basis where you have the chance to actually book a job that's casting right now. Um, 
So that's one side. The other side of the box is just like with corporate narration, you're marketing directly to potential buyers. Um, what I love with e-learning direct marketing, I love big institutional clients, uh, anything in the medical industry. Um, if you know, and you don't have to be a, a prolific medical narrator for, for medical to actually market to e-learning for medical, because we're not always talking about super highly technical stuff. If you're doing OSHA training and safety training and things like that, you're not necessarily going to have massive you know, complex terminology like you would if you're doing heavy pharma. So you don't have to exclude yourself if medical narration isn't your bag. You can still market to the medical industry, just market for the stuff that you're going to be able to do. Um, but anybody medical, whether it's a series of clinics, a hospitals, a health insurance system, university health system, um, you know, medical device manufacturers, biotech, pharma, um, you know, anybody in that business, they have a ton of regulatory compliance that they've got to do. Uh, and they have large volumes of e-learning that they have to put together. Some of them are just doing it in-house. Some of them have no idea of voice is even a thing for it. Some of them already are using professional narrators and you'll get the same, hey, well, go to the place that we're finding them. But many of these companies don't have established e-learning voices yet. And if you can become that person, you can get a lot of work through your direct marketing. Love medical. Love anything in the financial industry, anything in the legal industry, heavy industry, anybody who's got a factory, a rig, a well, um, you know, they've got a plant, they've got to do safety training, they've got to do compliance training, uh, you know, there's so much that they have to deal with great prospects. Academia from kindergarten all the way through university, you never know. Some of them don't have any kind of real e-learning program. They're, they're just starting to do it. Some of them have very well-developed and fleshed out things, and they probably won't hire you directly, but you will be amazed how many of them just don't have their, their ducks in a row yet and will be open to being marketed to by a by an aerator. Um, law enforcement is a particularly uh, unusual one that most people don't think about, but they've got a lot of compliance training that they have to do. And right now, a lot of it's just Sergeant Johnson barking at, at the cadets or whatever it might be, or the SWAT team. You know, they if they can get a professional narrator to do that, it may save them incidents controversies, lawsuits. Um, one of the best things you can do with e-learning is always pitch yourself as the best insurance policy that that company or that organization can buy. Because if you hire a professional narrator versus a non-professional narrator or somebody in-house or an AI voice, um, you are getting somebody who is going to stay uh, engaged with the material from start to finish and is going to keep the listener engaged from start to finish. And, you know, I, I do um, ethics training for foreign um, executives for a very, very large defense contractor. And I've had this conversation with them and they said, you know, we have, uh, yes, we, we pay, they pay me well, they pay 30 cents a word. Okay. But they said, the line item for your services compared to what it would cost us if we had one case where one of our executives was caught taking a bribe or doing something that they shouldn't, the U.S. government will fine a defense contractor $200 million for something like that. Um, or somebody might go to jail. Okay. So you have, what you're doing is, is very, very valuable. Uh, and it's, it's the best insurance policy they can buy to make sure that the people listening to the narration, the training narration that you do stay engaged. So that's a great marketing pitch as well. Um, E-learning also through your website. Again, Buyers are coming in the door directly more and more often. Get your website up there ranked highly. So, hope you guys found that helpful. Uh, I'm J. Michael Collins, in case you, you couldn't tell. And uh, have a great day. And thanks, Jamie, for having me on.
All right, there's a ton of stuff in there for you to dig into. Uh, I would recommend re-listening to that. And also the guest we've got coming up now, which is Sean Pratt. Now, he's going to be talking about a huge area of this industry, audiobooks. If you listen to audiobooks, particularly non-fiction, you will have heard Sean Pratt probably multiple times You'll hear very shortly he's got a great voice and a really soothing, calming delivery, (laughs) but hugely practical advice coming up for how to find work and how to work in the audiobooks area. And he can also be found around the country teaching and online. And again, thank you for listening. This last run has been hugely fun to produce and uh, we've had some great feedback on it. I want to thank all the guests recently. And like I say, we'll be back probably mid-September once the conference is done uh, for another batch. So thank you. And here's Sean. People are always asking me, how do I get started in audiobooks? I really like reading out loud. People tell me I have a nice voice. Um, It's something I'm interested in trying as a performer or maybe a part-time gig with my regular day job, etc. But how to get started? So my standard response after all these years of being a narrator, 23 years now, with a thousand books under my belt, is I tell them that they need to take a test. And uh, the test will tell them more quickly than anything else about whether or not they have the temperament to be an audiobook narrator. Um, I think it is about temperament more than anything else, not talent. In fact, my whole philosophy about being in show business, uh, having started acting in the theater when I was 10, and then going on to do classical theater around the country and working in movies and TV, was that it's not about talent, it's about temperament. It's about the drive to fill in the other bits around the business of being in show business. But in this particular case, it's about the temperament of sitting in a little tiny booth all day, every day, working through uh, a book. It's just you. You know, there's no director. You are the director, actually, and the engineer and the producer, as well as the talent. So the test that I tell them to take is pretty straightforward. I tell them to find a book that they like. Um, for me, because my specialty is nonfiction, I usually recommend nonfiction because it's pretty straightforward. Find a topic you enjoy, a self-help book or a business book. But if you really have a desire to do a piece of fiction, find something fun, a murder mystery, a, a romance, a sci-fi piece. And then you need to set up a space in your house, someplace confined, uh, a closet, an alcove, But if you don't have anything like that, then set up a small table facing into the corner of a room. Get a comfortable chair. Put the material up on a a book stand, or if you have an iPad, you know, prop it up. The idea is you don't want to be holding the material. And also, if you can, um, put the the, the book stand or the iPad on elevated uh, boxes or maybe a music stand so that it's more or less at eye level. That way you're not closing off your voice box if you're reading straight down onto a flat table. And then um, start reading aloud uh, every day for two hours. So maybe do an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. And when I say reading out loud is um, don't just mumble your way through this. Pretend you are performing it for someone, that you're sharing it with an audience or telling a story to a group of people. Um, But if you stumble on a sentence, stop, back up, and start again. If you hit a word that you don't know how to pronounce, stop, go look it up, 
Those things are part of the job of being an audiobook narrator. So, you don't even need recording equipment to do this test, but you do need patience and focus. So set the timer on your phone, sit down, and start narrating for an hour. And when you're done, take a break. If you want to come back again uh, and do the other hour, fine. But take a 10 to 15 minute break in that case. Otherwise, do it some other time in the afternoon or in the evening when you have a chance. Do that for two weeks straight, without let up, every single day. Because that's sort of what my life is like. When I'm narrating a book uh, and not coaching, I get up in the morning, I do some yoga, warm up my voice, sit down with my iPad, get in my studio, um, and I narrate for two to three hours in the morning, take a long break in the afternoon, come back in the late afternoon, do another two or three hours. So it's even longer than what the test uh, requires. But here's the thing. If you can get through this test after two weeks, it will tell you more than anything else, faster than anything else, whether or not being an audiobook narrator is right for you, because it is about that temperament issue. It's interesting. I have a little video of this same test up on my YouTube channel, and I get emails and uh, responses on the thread all the time from people saying, hey, I took your test and it's absolutely positively convinced me that I don't ever want to do this in my entire life. What was I thinking? Or they might say, um, hey, I did it and I really enjoyed it. I can't wait. I'm going to keep practicing and now I'm going to start looking around for the next step. So I think that's if in either way, I've done my job as a coach. I've shown them for themselves whether or not they can do this. So what's the next step? The next step to me is if you're going to be committing to this, you're going to have to be buying equipment, which you don't have to spend a fortune on, but you do need a dedicated studio space and some basic equipment, you know, a computer and an external hard drive and a microphone of decent quality headphones and so on. And I have a video on my YouTube channel called Inside the Narrator's Booth that sort of talks about how to integrate all that equipment into a space that's ergonomically correct for you so you don't end up hurting yourself, you know, throwing your neck or your back out from working all day. But as far as starting the work itself, looking for material, the place that I always recommend is a website called acx.com. It stands for Audio Creative Exchange. And it was uh, designed by... Um, audible.com and it's a basically it's a marketplace it, it tries to get authors and uh, narrators together and audible uh, which is owned by Amazon um, sort of acts as the uh, the honest broker in that situation what I recommend to them is to go to ACX look around the site see how it's structured look at the other narrators there look at their material and then uh, you would want to build a profile. And yes, it's going to ask you for your social security number and your banking information, but it's by Audible, which is Amazon, and it's legit, so you don't have to worry about anything being a little hinky, as it were. And then you start, you know, you put your demos up and you uh, sort of throw out your shingle, and then you start um, auditioning. And there's different kinds of contracts. I won't go into the nitty-gritty of it, but there are some that you and the author would split royalties that every time the book is sold, you would get a small portion of that 
money, or you can negotiate what's known as a per finished hour rate, which is eventually where you go as a professional. You get paid a flat fee per finished hour of the book. So if you're doing a book that's ten hours long and you charge two hundred dollars, then you're going to make two thousand dollars. But out of that, you would pay, you know, maybe your proofer. Who follow you know proofs the text and the recording, or your engineer who does the mastering, or you might do all that yourself and keep the money. But ACX is the place to start.、Um, and then on top of that, of course, to increase your skill, you would want to seek out coaches、um, so you can go further into this. Even if you come from a VO background of doing, say, commercials or video games or cartoons, this is a slightly different kind of VO. It's very much like running a marathon. Not like doing sprints,、um, and so you need to get proper coaching. So if you really want to get into accents, there are accent coaches out there. If you're interested in just doing fiction work, there are plenty of fiction coaches out there. So, and then if for nonfiction,、uh, that's my specialty, and it seems to be that I'm really pretty much the only one out there that does nonfiction. And the other thing that I do with my students too is teach them the business of this. I think that's just as important as your ability、uh, to turn in a good performance. Having grown up in the theater and been in show business my entire life, I've met a lot of really talented people who've left because they couldn't or they wouldn't learn the business side of show business. And don't don't think otherwise. This is show business. But to get started, just to recap, take that test and really see if you like it. Because that's what it's like to be a narrator, day in day out, that kind of level of focus and concentration, and it's just you. And if you pass that test, then start a you know playing around with some software. Maybe you download Audacity and get a cheap little USB mic to play around with learning how to do punch and roll editing and recording yourself and listening and listening to audio books and so on. Take it a step at a time. But when you're really ready to 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 jump in the game. Make sure your studio is is set. It's got a good sound. Do your put your demos together. Put them up on ACX, and start auditioning. And、um, best of luck. Break a leg. Thank you to this week's guests. Thanks also to JMC Demos and IPDTL who sponsor the show. Thanks to Backstage Magazine and a special shout out to Patreon Super Member Angus McLeod. We'll see you again next time.